The Roman station today is Santa Sabina on the Aventine Hill. I figured since I don't have the chance to uh, be with you to bless ashes and impose the, the ashes on you, I would at least read the prayers for the blessing of the ashes. And since I'm not actually blessing ashes, I'll read the prayers in English so that you can hear them, which may be the first time you've read them, but you may not have ever heard them. Heard them. They're very beautiful. It begins with an antiphon, and there are several prayers. Hear us, O Lord, for thy mercy is kind. Look upon us, O Lord, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Save me, O God, for the waters are come even unto my soul. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear us, O Lord, for thy mercy is kind. Look upon us, O Lord, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray. O almighty and everlasting God, spare those who are penitent. Be merciful to those who implore thee, and vouchsafe to send thy holy angel from heaven to bless and hallow these ashes, that they may be a wholesome remedy to all who humbly implore thy holy name, and who accuse themselves, conscious of their sins, deploring their crimes before thy divine mercy, or humbly and earnestly beseeching thy sovereign goodness, and grant through the invocation of thy most holy name, that whatsoever shall be sprinkled with them for the remission of their sins may receive both health of body and safety of soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who desirest not the death, but the repentance of sinners, look down most graciously upon the frailty of human nature, and in thy goodness vouchsafe to bless these ashes, which we purpose to put upon our heads in token of our lowliness, and to obtain forgiveness, so that we who know that we are but ashes, and for the demerits of our wickedness, are to return to dust, may deserve to obtain from thy mercy the pardon of all our sins, and the rewards promised to the penitent. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who art moved by humiliation and appeased by satisfaction, incline the ear of thy goodness to our prayers, and mercifully pour forth upon the heads of thy servants, sprinkled with these ashes, the grace of thy blessing, that thou mayest both fill them with the spirit of compunction, and effectually grant what they have justly prayed for, and ordain, ordain that what thou hast granted may be permanently established and remain unchanged. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst vouchsafe thy healing pardon to the Ninevites doing penance in sackcloth and ashes, mercifully grant that we may so imitate them in our outward attitude as to follow them in obtaining forgiveness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, who liveth and reigneth in thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. And then there follow antiphons to be sung in a response uh, during the, the imposition of the ashes. And one of those is the beautiful Emendemus in Melius. And uh, there's a beautiful, if you look it up on, on YouTube, Emendemus in Melius, uh, the response for Ash Wednesday. There are beautiful uh, Renaissance polyphony settings of that chant. I urge you to take a look at that. And finally, uh, just before Mass will begin, the Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord, the grace to begin the Christian's war of defense with holy fasts, 
that as we do battle with the spirits of evil, we may be protected by the help of self-denial. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The lesson from the book of Joel. Thus says the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your, gar your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and repents of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and repent and leave a blessing behind him, a cereal offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, Call the solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and make not thy heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. And the Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. And I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time Jesus said to his disciples, When you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The saving words of the gospel. <clears throat> and with these beautiful words, we begin the holy season of Lent, referred to by Leo the Great as if it were a sacrament. He called it the sacramentum, the quadragesimale, the 40th sacramentum. And, uh, of course, a sacramentum is a word that's interchangeable with mystery. And when we have an encounter with mystery, uh, we emerge from it transformed. Uh, so long as we go in with the ability to receive what is being, able to, what is being offered to us by God, uh, we will be transformed. And so I think we come to a key in that reading that we had from Joel. Return to me with your whole heart. And notice how it makes a beautiful bookend with the, the end of the gospel passage chosen for Matthew 6. Return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. Rend your hearts. Well, when we rend something, what is it that we're doing? We're radically wrenching it from its place to open it up. To rend is to tear. 
and to wrench even violently. It's a very violent word, rend. And this is what God wants us to do with our hearts. God doesn't desire anything for us except what is good for us. And yet he wants us to rend our hearts, which is a, a violent action. Even the bad things that he permits to happen in our lives, God can use to make good things result uh, from them. But why would rending our hearts uh, be, be good? Why would God want that? Does God want us to rend our hearts? Well, God has no need of, of anything. He doesn't have, have any need for us to rend our hearts or not to rend our hearts. But he wants this for us anyway, and he wants this uh, for us out of love. And so one, we have to seek what is the goodness of rending our hearts. Why would it please God? Um, what is the goodness of, the do, of doing so? Well, one point is that when you rend something, when you tear it open, well, you can see inside. Uh, the inside is, is laid to bare. And so its contents are no longer secret in a way to rend our hearts before God, tear our hearts open before God, is to offer to God that which is the most, in the innermost place of, of our being, of our, of our hearts. We're offering our hearts in such a totality that we rend them open and we show, uh, willingly show to God that which he can already see. Remember that God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. He sees the heart. He knows our hearts better than we know them. But when we willingly make an act of rending our hearts open to show them to him, this is pleasing to God. And so um, one, of the, one of the things that we uh, can, can take from this is not only the fact that once our heart is rendered open and the dark place of our heart uh, can, be, can be revealed, then God can also illuminate that, that dark place and fill it with light and grace. And we can be transformed. And one of the things that the projects that we always want to uh, undertake during Lent is to bring light into the corners of the darkness of our minds and hearts and to dispel ignorance about who we truly are, what we truly have been, how in truth we have sinned by commission or omission, uh, where we have failed, um, in what ways we have placed something on the throne of our lives where only God is supposed to reign. And that, of course, brings us to the, the tail end of the, the gospel reading that we had today. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. You know, don't put your stock in created things. Only God is the one who belongs on the throne of our hearts. So we need to learn to, to rend our hearts during, during Lent. To rend, of course, means to wrench or to tear open. To wrench it, to wrench it, that's another, another aspect of it. It might be that our hearts are in the wrong place. They don't just have, they not only have to be torn open, but maybe they are actually placed in the wrong place. And we need to wrench it around and look for the right place to, for our hearts to be. And this is always going to require um, a certain amount of um, pain and self-reflection. Um, it has to be, it's a process. That is a gentle process. It's a, it's a difficult process. We don't have to do it all at once. Uh, Lent is a season where we're going to make progress. 
But I think we have, in order to do it, in order to make progress in any good direction, we have to have a plan to do it. So one of the things that is really good to think about is maybe review this reading occasionally during Lent. Come back to Ash Wednesday and read that beautiful reading from Joel and read that beautiful reading from the sixth chapter of Matthew. And remember that in rending our hearts, we are gaining so much more insight into our hearts than we could ever have gotten before. You know, there's a, a, a medieval trope uh, that comes up in certain writers like Richard of St. Victor and uh, Benedict uh, the Sixteenth, Joseph Ratzinger and Benedict talk about this. Uh, I remember he made remarks about this concerning uh, the heart of Jesus and the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart. And that through, through the wound in the heart, remember the Lord's heart was rent, wasn't it? The Lord's heart was rent with a spear. And the great spiritual writers of yesteryear would talk about looking through the visible wound in order to see the invisible wound of love. Well, in a way, that goes two ways, doesn't it? If the Lord's heart was rent, then how is it that we who are Christians cannot have, should not have a heart that is also rent and open to total view of the Lord. The Lord invites us to look through the rending of his heart into his own heart. We have to invite the Lord to look in through the rent that we recreate in our own heart that we've wrenched back around into the proper position so that he can probably see it. And others will be able to see it also, which is, uh, leads us to a, a certain measure of vulnerability in, uh, in relation to our neighbors. But uh, these things are all very good for us, and they're very good for our humility.